Boys and girls, here's an interesting bit of American Broadcasting Company gossip. Arlene Francis, she's the blind date girl, and Mark Chase, the sheriff of Canyon County, are going together on Friday night. <laughs> well, don't get the wrong idea. It was arranged not by Cupid for the sake of love, but by our program department for the sake of entertainment. You see, these are two of our half-hour Friday shows. And when we fix it so that the sheriff and Arlene Francis come along in the same evening, it means you get top listening. Well, first of all... There are those six servicemen who try to date three beautiful gals by telephone. Sometimes the lines get crossed up, but the laughs never fail. They rattle off that repartee like veterans. And the best man wins the blind date. Then, after the FBI has caught its men and famous jury trials have decided tonight's case, those are two more top shows, the sheriff of Canyon County takes over and leads you on a merry chase of adventure, laughter, intrigue, and suspense. I'll tell you right now, it's mighty hard to beat the lineup of shows We've got for you on every Friday night on most of these stations. We recommend it. So, how about tuning in tonight? And now, Dick Tracy. In yesterday's story, you saw how two criminals, Hoppy Dunn and George Scanlon, again threatened the life of a young woman who Dunn, the man without a head, suspected of having quite a quantity of cash in her possession. Courageously resisting the attack by the two criminals, the young lady was able to escape and reach a nearby policeman who promptly called Tracy and Patton to the scene. After calming the young lady, she gave Dick a most accurate description, which he immediately had Pat send out over the teletype. Then, leaving the young lady in the doctor's care, Dick and Pat returned to headquarters to await word from the teletype broadcast. It is at headquarters that we find him today. Listen. Yep, that young girl up in the park certainly had a close call, Dick. If you hadn't been able to break away from those two guys, it's possible they might have knocked her off. Yeah, you're right, Pat. And it proves once again that no one should ever get mixed up with strangers. Yep, you're right. Well, I hope we get some returns from that tri-state alarm, Dick. The description that girl gave us was very accurate to both those guys. Well, with over 200 men on the lookout for them, Pat, won't be long before we get some action. Inspector Tracy. Hey, Inspector, this is Lieutenant Burton of the Identification Bureau. Uh, yes, Lieutenant. I've looked through the ropes gallery. Don't seem to be able to find pictures of either one of the men answering your description. I'm having a further check made in Washington. No fingerprints, eh? No, Lieutenant. Unfortunately. Okay, Inspector. I'll call you back if we get anywhere with our investigation. Uh, thanks. Pat and I will be here till we get returned from the teletype. Goodbye. Well, no trace in the rogues gallery, the men. So I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah, that's what always gets me. It's waiting. And it does me too, Pat. Yep, there goes the teletype, Dick. I'm checking it, Pat. Maybe the first return. Okay. To headquarters from office number five. No return yet on bulletin 61. No lead. Every man available on 24-hour duty. We'll keep you advised. Signed, Magruder. Mm, that's about what I expected. I'm afraid we're up against a pair of pretty clever criminals. Pat. Yeah, but in the meantime, these two guys may be trying to knock somebody else off, and that's why... Tracy. Uh, this is the inspector again. This is Lieutenant again, Dick. Reports are starting to come in from our other city. But they're all negative so far. With your permission, I'll have the outside phone circuit switch through your office. Good, Lieutenant. I'll switch on the amplifying system. Okay, Inspector. 
You'll get a lot of routine squad car calls. You want to be bothered with them? It won't be a bother, Lieutenant. I want to be sure and get the reports as soon as possible. Okay, Inspector. That's all. Thanks, Lieutenant. Pat, switch on the amplifier. Okay, Dick. As the men from headquarters intensified their efforts to find the two criminals, Dunn and Scanlon, the very men that they were after have hidden themselves in a room in another section of the city. From time to time, George Scanlon carefully approaches the window overlooking the street and peers furtively between a crack in the curtains. The street's still clear, Hoppy. How about making a break for it? Make a break for it? You're crazy. The safest place for us is right here. How long are we going to have to stay here? I don't know. I get away from that window and sit down. I don't like this any better than you do. It's just like I told you, Hoppy. You overplayed your hand. Overplayed nothing. We're still all right, aren't we? Yeah, sure we're all right. I'll bet every cop in this state's on the lookout for us. And yet you want to go out in the street. Just let me do the thinking, George, and we'll be all right. We've got plenty of dough and can stay here until the heat's off. Now, just don't... Who's that? How would I know? Should I answer? Wait till I stand over here. Keep the chain on the door. Go ahead. Open up. Let me in. What do you want? I want to talk to you guys. What about? Never mind. Take the chain off the door and let me in. Just a minute. Did you hear that? Yeah. Let him in. All right. Come in. Thanks, buddy. Come on in. Sit down. Thanks. Now, what's on your mind? Oh, I just thought I'd come up and check up with you guys, see if you like the room... Everything was all right? Yeah. Everything's swell. We like it fine. That's good. Does this other guy have to stand behind me? No, I guess not. Sit down where the landlord can see you, George. You make him nervous standing behind him. <laughs> okay. So you like the room, huh? I said that once. I notice you guys don't go out much. No. We're just resting. How'd you like a radio up here? Shortwave radio? Now, what would we... Shut want? up, George. Look, brother... You didn't come up here for any social visit, and this business about the shortwave radio is a phony. What's on your mind? Well, I guess I might as well come to the point. You look like a couple of reasonable guys. As far as I'm concerned, I'm reasonable, too. I always say live and let live. So what? I didn't make that crack about the shortwave radio for nothing. Go ahead. I've been listening to police calls, and I've been hearing the description of a couple of guys that are wanted on suspicion of murder. Of course, the broadcast gave the names of a couple of guys by the names of Dunn and Scanlon. So it couldn't be you guys, because you gave me names different from those. Quit kidding and get to the point. Okay. It'll cost you a thousand bucks. Why, you dirty Shut up, ra- George. What's the thousand bucks for? Well, I figured you guys might have to stay in this room for as much as a month. That'd mean a little special service. Maybe uh, I could do a little shopping for you, see that your food was brought up. I might even be able to tip you off to any strange people in the neighborhood asking questions. Well, there are a lot of things I could do for you. One of them would be to keep my mouth shut. But a thousand bucks? Sure, that's a lot of bucks. But there's a murder rap mixed up in this. Now, listen, brother. Don't get sore. I didn't say you guys were mixed up in that rap. I didn't say whether you were guilty or not. The only thing I say is that I know cops. And it won't be long before they come around. And that's when I'd earn my dough. Let me tend to this guy, Hoppy. Keep your mouth shut. A thousand bucks, eh? One grand. But I haven't got that kind of money. Now, if you'd said maybe 500... Oh, or... chiseling, buddy. This is murder, whether you admit it or not. Suppose we talk about no it. No more talk. It's still on the line or else. You win. Well, that's what I like to hear. 
I know you're a couple of reasonable guys. I thought you'd see it my way. Get up and listen to me. I don't see it your way at all. You got us over a barrel. You're putting a squeeze on us. Now, here's your dough. Now, get out of here. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Believe me, you won't regret doing it. When the heat really gets on, I'll be able to give you a hand. Now, you just take it easy and leave everything to me. I'll see to it that you have the best of everything. Of course, that'll cost a little extra. Get out of here. Okay, okay, if that's the way you feel about it. So long. I'll be seeing you. Of all that dirty work. He might be listening. Why don't you let me finish? Not now, you fool. He's let us off easy. Put a thousand bucks on me. That way we haven't got as much dough as we thought. And this guy isn't going to stop there. But he'd soon be back for more. What are we going to do? I'm thinking of that right now. Why don't we tend to him? Because we can't. Every cop in the world would be here, and then what would we do? You just keep away from that window. Let me do some thinking. Well, maybe this guy will play on the level with us. I wouldn't trust him an inch. If anybody offers a reward for us, he might even turn us in to get it. Now, oh, George, we're in a tough spot. But I think I see a way out. Now, just don't bother me for a few minutes. Just let me think. Anything new, Pat? No, Dick. Just about the same story as Marlowe offices. No trace of either one of those guys. You know, you'd think with the description as accurate as the one they have, the police would have picked up those guys by now. It can only mean one thing. The two of them have holed up somewhere. I'm going to put my hands on them in a city this size presents a problem. I suppose the only thing we drive those guys out in the open is the lack of dough. That's right. If they have enough money, it's possible for them to stay hidden indefinitely. Mm, I don't know what else to do, Pat. I've covered every possible angle. What's your favorite way, Dick? Yes? Inspector Tracy, this is McGowan down at the Bureau of Licenses. Uh, yes, McGowan. I handled the issuance of rooming house licenses, and I just had a funny one come up. may not mean a thing to you, but I'm following your instructions. Go ahead, McGowan. I told you I wanted everything reported. Well, it's like this. A guy by the name of Burton, George Burton, runs a rooming house at 4321 Boulevard. Now, his license to run a rooming house uh, ran out last week. Instead of a bang, the notice to come in renew, he didn't do it. So we uh, sent an investigator up there. Yes? Well, he gets in to see Burton, has him come down to the office and fill out the proper forms. Uh, you know the form. Is that the one that makes them tell the number of rooms and the number of people in the building and so forth? Uh, that's it. Well, Burton filled out the form all right, put the figure 10 in the place designated for the number of people in the building. And while I was watching... Scratched that out and uh, put in eight. Ah, two less, huh? Uh-huh. Eight instead of ten. So just for the fun of it, I started to question him. I never saw a guy turn green so fast in all my life. Think there might be something to it? Well, it's worth investigating. We've had no return whatsoever on the teletype bulletin. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I don't want to tell you your business, but if it was me, I'd get down there and see what's bothering George Burton. Uh, 4321 Boulevard? And that's it. I hope I haven't sent you on a wild goose chase. Don't you worry about that, and thanks for calling me. All right. Good luck, Goodbye. Hear that, Pat? Yep. Do we roll? You bet we do. Come on, let's go. In a moment, we return to Dick Tracy. But first... You know, in addition to Dick Tracy, we here at the American Broadcasting Company have a lot of programs. We like a whole lot. And from time to time, I'm going to tell you about some of them. As a matter of fact, if you're listening to the beginning of our broadcast, you heard me talk about the sheriff and blind date heard on Friday night. Another one of our favorite shows is The Quiz Kids. Joe Kelly is the master of ceremonies for the quiz kids. Of course, he's got all those answers down on his card. What's more, do you know, it takes an entire research staff to supply him with a background for every question. But sometimes, those smart kids come up with an answer that the research department forgot all about and one that isn't written on one of Joe's cards. Well, then, says Joe, it's up to me to figure out whether they're right. And I've got 20 million listeners waiting for me to go way out on that limb. And after I get out there, cut it off after me. 
But the youngsters are with Joe every inch of the way. Because Joe knows how to make the whole affair seem like a wonderful game. He says it's this way. When you're enjoying yourself with the kids, you sort of become a kid yourself. Well, boys and girls, you'll have a lot of fun listening to the Quiz Kids. They're heard on most of these stations on Sunday evenings on the American Broadcasting Company. Now, back to the Tracy. Car 7, Tracy speaking. Cars 9 and 1, meeting you at Boulevard at Grand. Right, but no sirens under any circumstances. What happens when Dick and Pat reach their destination? Will the criminals suspected of murder escape? You'll know all the latest developments Monday. So tune in, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Dick Tracy. Written by M.C. Brockhausen, directed by Wiley Adams. And this is George Gunn speaking. Dick Tracy doesn't have a crystal ball to help him solve the mysteries he's always getting involved in. He uses plain, ordinary detecting. Well, maybe there's a little bit of luck involved, too, but not too much. You'll have fun and thrills watching him track down a case to its final solution. The adventures of Dick Tracy are heard every day, Monday through Friday, over more than 100 radio stations from coast to coast. You'll want to join the thousands who have the Dick Tracy listening habit. Dick Tracy, protector of law and order, will be heard Monday at the same time on the case of the man without a head. This is the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>